Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. It is currently December 25th, and my family is out at the moment. So I'm at home by myself and I figured, you know what? I don't have a show for Tuesday, so I'm going to just record one. I thought maybe it'd be worth talking a little bit about some of the stuff that's happened in 2023 uh, in kind of technology wise. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts and opinions on what's going to happen in 2024, at least speculating anyway. Um, I think it's no uh, surprise to anyone that the big big hit in 2023 was artificial intelligence. Uh, You can't throw a stick without hitting 20 articles that talk about artificial intelligence, whether you're uh, automatically generating images from uh, a text uh, prompt or whether you're asking it to produce your resume or some other type of uh, business documentation. Uh, I've I've seen uh, people have great success uh, generating copy and keywords for their uh, websites. I've seen software developers use it quite a bit for helping them uh, do software development, doing do coding. Uh, and I think that for 2024, uh, it's only going to get better or worse, depending on which perspective you have. There's very, it's very unlikely, uh, despite what you might think uh, about AI taking over the world and destroying mankind, you know, that could happen, I guess, if there was some weird series of events that all linked up together. Um, but uh, as far as it stands right now, it's a, a great line for a horror movie of some kind, um, some kind of apocalyptic thing. Uh, but honestly, right now, uh, I think uh, somebody said very eloquently that uh, AI today is a giant parrot of the world's social knowledge. And I mean, think about it for a second. Everything that AI has access to to figure out how to answer questions is from human beings uh, recording information and uh, saving JPEGs and PNGs on the internet for, you know, tens of years now. And that's the only reference it has to figure anything out. And on top of that, uh, artificial intelligence is a lot like uh, a mathematical calculator, although a very, very complicated one. Uh, It uses logic to determine what the next word should be based on this giant cloud of information that it's been trained on. Um, So it doesn't think at this point. Uh, There's this concept of general artificial intelligence, which in in theory could appear autonomous and and be a lot and do a lot more reasoning and thinking. But again, it's restricted to accessing, you know, data from a cloud storage system, processing it and fitting out a result. Uh, So until uh, some idiot plugs the artificial intelligence system into a factory that builds robots, 
Um, I don't think we have anything to worry about. People say that, uh, you know, somehow somebody's going to piss AI off and then it's going to shut off all our power and gas and everything. But I'm sorry if you've ever been in a power plant or a gas plant, uh, everything is very redundant and there's manual switches and controls everywhere. The computers just optimize things. They have workflows and optimization uh, to make life easier for the operators who operate them. But everything has redundant backups and and manual controls uh, for the very reason that you're worried about, which is that something can take over the system. Well, if it was that easy, then terrorists and and, uh, hackers would have done it a long time ago. And I'm pretty sure they've tried on numerous occasions to do that. So I think you can be uh, rest, sleep at night and uh, feel a little bit more comfortable that AI is going to continue to uh, hallucinate and come up with new ways of writing stuff uh, and, f- and looking at information and helping human beings optimize information and look for trends, help medical professionals understand uh, information better and, and be easier to detect things like anomalies in the human body that aren't supposed to be there and things like that. I think artificial intelligence will help people discover and learn things. It does have the opportunity to come up with ideas or general processes and things that people maybe haven't thought of before because uh, the way that we think we get stuck on a track, like I'm on a track right now, I'm talking about artificial intelligence not taking over the world and I'm rambling on about it. But artificial intelligence doesn't get stuck on tracks and ramble onto things. It just deals with the input that it's been given and produces the appropriate output that matches and fits in with what we would expect it to give us. Um, you may have heard people say, oh, they, they talked to a, this AI and, it, and, it, and they were able to ask it how, what, you know, how to destroy the world or what, you know, when is it going to destroy the world? And it said that it was going to destroy the world. You're looking at a, a tool that's parroting back information based on what the questions you're asking it. It doesn't actually understand what it's saying. It doesn't actually think that humans are you know, dangerous or, or need to be exterminated. It's just a line of logic that it came up with based on information that was given to it. Um, If you say to a little kid, hey, do you think that blah, blah, blah is bad? And the kid's probably going to say, yeah. And then you say, "Okay, why do you think it's bad? And then they're going to look at you and then you're going to go, oh, because it's big and scary. And they're going to go, yeah. So the more information you give it, just like a little kid, the more information, the way you, you can lead them down a road. And so if somebody gets into a conversation with an AI and leads them down the road of something, it's going to respond accordingly. Uh, It doesn't mean that it's thinking and conniving and putting together a plan to destroy the universe. You know, I I really don't uh, don't see that being possible at this point in time. Um, You know, 10, 20 years from now, maybe who knows where we're going to go. And you know what? People are going to continue to do questionable things, whether we like them to or not. It's just the way human beings are. They, they like to try things and see what happens. And uh, there are people out there that have a crooked moral compass and um, sometimes they'll cause problems. I mean, that's it. We wouldn't have 
war and violence and, and murder and rape and all those other horrible things in this world if people didn't have that nature about them at, at some point. Um, hopefully, most of us have the, the common sense to know that that kind of stuff is bad and, and not do it. Suffice it to say, you know, the world is the way it is because there's people in it and there's a lot of people in it and people will rock the side of good or the, the side of evil depending on what suits them and everybody's out there trying to make their way in the world and achieve some sort of level of um, happiness or success. So suffice it to say, uh, I don't think AI is going to be a huge threat to mankind anytime soon. One of the other things that that is a good trend for 2024, I think, is uh, extended reality, uh, which includes these days, which includes uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. I think that uh, there's a lot of really exciting technology going in that direction. Uh, you have some of the big players like Apple are going to be launching their new uh, VR headset or their augmented reality VR headset in, uh, I believe they're thinking February. Um, you have Google and Nintendo teaming up to build uh, a new virtual reality headset device. Meta continues to work on their technology. Their MetaQuest 3 uh, headset is really, really impressive. Um, I know because I have one. And, uh, and I enjoy using it quite often. And then, um, you know, augmented reality, using your phone or your, or your tablet uh, and being able to hold it up and see something that's not really there. As far as marketing and advertising, it's, act, it's an absolute dream. You know, there's no better way to get people to engage with your brand than to have some sort of activation where they can interact with it with their phone advertising as far as a passive you know trying to get your eyeballs on on your ads is very uh you know 1990 these days it's all about what you can accomplish uh and how long you can keep someone's attention and by using augmented reality and providing value where um you know not not just a game or something but something really interesting where Think of a, a business card or something where you hold up the business card and scan it with your phone and then it kind of comes alive with the person whose who's the card is for is talking to you or perhaps there's a visual of the product that, that they make and statistics popping up of it on that, on that product or uh, somehow uh, you know, something interactive is happening where you can um, move your camera around and... Uh, that's actually a really, really cool, um, some, some really, really cool augmented reality technology I've seen uh, already uh, being developed where, you know, you can hold up uh, at a sort of construction site or something and you can be standing there and you can actually uh, hold your phone up and look at the site and see the finished building where it's going to be in, in, the, in, the, in the area. There's some really, really exciting ways where you can look at things Historically, I mean, I can imagine being able to uh, look at an area of town that that has been through some sort of um, restoration, or perhaps it it was the opposite. Perhaps it was uh, devastated by some kind of event or something, and being able to stand there and look at the way it was before and then the way it is today, and you know that Google's already doing that 
to some extent with the mapping, you know, if you can pull up your street view in front of your house, you can actually scroll back each year that they recorded that area, um, that area, like each time the car drove by and scanned your house, they'll have that data and you can actually go back in time and see your house and, and see, you know, oh, I remember when we planted that tree, you know, I remember when we were, you know, oh, look, that's, that's when we, our garage door was, was beige and we painted it gray a couple of years later. You know, that, it's really fascinating. Big data is, is something that's going to continue to grow. I was driving today and I was just thinking to myself, Google is monitoring the Maps product on all of uh, the people's cell phones that have uh, Google Maps on them. And so as all of those vehicles are driving around all over the city, Google is recording all of that information to, to know like wh- which, route, which route did you take and uh, how much traffic was on that route and how long did it take for the streetlights to change and what speed did you go. All that kind of information is all being stored. Like, like just imagine the massive, massive amount of data that that's taking. And then on the back end, it's working with that data to come up with optimizations. And uh, it, it knows like if you if you go to work in the morning um, and I do this every time I go downtown, I, I map where I'm going and it tells me the fastest route. And some some days it's like the, t- the same route that I normally would have taken. But other days it's a totally different route because there's some sort of accident or some sort of construction or whatever that would have made my the, my chosen route take, you know, 10 or 15 minutes longer than it would have. But then it routes me down a totally different way and sends me in, um, in the most optimized route. It's really impressive technology. And, and that's what big data can provide. I know a lot of people worry about Big Brother tracking you and stuff like that. It's obviously a risk. I think that um, we want to keep that kind of big data away from governments. But, uh, you know, I have a lot of faith in, in, in technology companies. And, you, you know, some of you may be laughing. But when you look at a, a company that's using your data to provide you with better advertising or something like that, um, you know, a lot of people are offended because, you know, this data's providing, this, they're, they're stealing my data and they're doing all this stuff and, you know, using it uh, to, to serve me ads and stuff. And, oh, that's, that's a bad thing. Well, you know what? Um, when my, I received uh, advertising on websites and stuff like that, it would be the, the most horrible garbage that I'd never, ever look at in my entire life. And nowadays, when I'm on a website or on social media or something, they're feeding me ads on, for products that I actually want. Like the, It's like, oh, my God, take my money, please. You know, like it's actually they're targeting the people with the products that, that, they, that actually would buy the products. So, you know, tell me why that's a bad thing, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's bad for my, my paycheck, obviously. It's bad for all the uh, space that I have, that I used to have in my house that I don't anymore. But it is nice to know that these products exist, you know, learning about new products that are exactly what I would be really interested in. I would have never known that those products existed. So from my perspective, I think that there's a lot of value in in that and you know nothing's free nothing in this world is free um except the air we breathe and when when you receive 
free use of a, a very powerful application that took hundreds of thousands of hours to create. But a lot, a lot, there's a lot of work that goes into those applications. You think about how old Instagram is and, and LinkedIn and stuff like that. Those, those applications have been developed by very large teams over years and years and years and years. And you don't pay a cent to use them. So what makes you think that, that companies aren't going to try and use your data or, or your, your use of the application? They're not going to track what you're doing to get value out of that, right? I mean, you have to expect that if you're getting something for free and it's of value, you're probably paying one way or another. And if you're, that's just the way life is. Um, you know, if you want to put on your tinfoil hat and, and uh, you know, log out of all your systems and delete all your accounts so that you can live free and away from the technology companies knowing all about you, um, it's too late. Um, you know, there's, there's, those companies know so much about you long before you have a chance to do anything about it. I mean, think about it. The families are are taking pictures of their vacations and their children and stuff like that and putting them all on the internet uh, to show off to their friends and family. Well, by the time that your child reaches, you know, 18 years old, the internet knows all about them. And they've probably been on social media already socializing with their friends. I mean, uh, you know, I know my kids, they're constantly uh, communicating with all of their friends and stuff on uh, on technologies like like Instagram and such. It's just very, very difficult. It's kind of like when color television came into the to the room and everybody complained that it was like it was the you know awful that there was all this stuff happening and the, the radio was good enough. You know, hearing stories on the radio was good enough. And then, you know, after a while, every house had a color TV. In fact, most houses had had more than one color TV in them. It's just, you know, the way, the way we are, the way we, we, we like things. We like our lives being easy. We like our lives being, you know, full and, and interesting. Obviously, you want to, as a parent, you want to make sure your children are getting out and enjoying the, the fresh air and being creative and doing things other than playing with electronic devices and stuff. But at the same time, you, you don't want to shelter your children from being uh, completely away from technology because technology keeps growing and, and advancing. And if you uh, make them, uh, keep them away from it, then when they grow up, they're not prepared to use technology in their jobs and, and, and in their lives. And, you know, it, it isn't going to be much longer before you, before you have personal robots in your house helping you with, you know, basic chores and stuff. And, People are going to have them at work, helping them with, you know, lifting heavy things and organizing things and doing dangerous and monotonous tasks and stuff. Uh, Jim Gibson said in his in his first book that, you know, once you, you can't put the genie back in the bottle and, you know, it, it's 100 percent right. Like once somebody discovers cloning or AI or quantum mechanics and, and quantum computers and all those different things. Once, once they're discovered, once somebody figures something out, it's just a matter of time before it becomes mainstream. Uh, you know, we have a kind of horizon of the best thing that could ever happen to mankind is, you know, fusion where, where you have, I forget, is it fission or fusion? I think fission is the one that you use in 
nuclear power plants and fusion is the one where you generate more power than the power you put into it to get it working and they've they've now officially achieved that like it's been it's been clearly seen documented and repeated uh to show that they've now you know been able to achieve the thing that that has been part of science fiction for a very very long time so it's not once it's been done it's not going to go away people aren't going to go oh that was cool let's go try something else no they're not they're going to go and say okay well how can we make this better how can we make this use you know even less power how can we make this produce even more power how can we make it smaller how can we make it affordable how can we make it safer like all that kind of stuff is is all the stuff that happens next uh so and there will always be innovation, uh, you, you know, and there will always be new technology developed and there will always be uh, new people coming up with new ideas and trying new things. And yes, almost everything can be used for good or for bad, but you can't blame the technology itself. You can only blame the people that choose to do bad with it. Anyway, so I'm going to sign off there. I hope you didn't mind my rambling for uh, December 25th, 2023 here on the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. I'm looking forward to a new year. We're hoping to get some uh, new hosts and some new shows in the queue. Uh, in the meantime, be safe. I uh, wish you all the best and we'll talk to you in another week. Cheers. If you haven't already, Visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. NIM helps new software developers, UI UX designers, and product managers gain mentored hands-on industry experience. And at the same time, we provide companies with risk-free tech talent. Definitely a win-win-win situation. Visit newideamachine.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>